Sean Marash time on CBS Sports Radio. Let's go, North America! A big Saturday night that's now become a Sunday morning meeting. I guess in the continental U.S.? If you're in Alaska, you're Hawaii, you're still on your Saturday night. As we come to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios, millions of Americans finance the home of their dreams. With their help, they can help you too. Rocket Mortgage, push button, get mortgage. McKeon and Horowitz with me. Zook on the headlines. We've got a good first hour of the show. Big NFL weekend, big NFL Sunday. The game that I'm convinced will be the highest rated NFL game all season. The most watched, Cowboys-Pats was where we started the show. We will continue your phone calls. That at 855-212-4227. And your tweets at Mraz, CBS, M-R-A-Z, CBS. We also did a little college football if you're just joining us. Oregon, as far as I'm concerned, I don't care what Utah did versus Arizona. The Pac-12 homers will be out in full force pushing the Utah agenda. I think that the college football playoff is basically settled, and you're going to get two SEC teams in there, and it, I, it will be Alabama. But if for whatever reason Georgia were to upset LSU, it would be Georgia. Although, who could see that happening the way Georgia's looked in a couple spots this year, including on Saturday versus A&M. I do want to get to in just a little bit what the heck is going on with this NBA proposal. If you hadn't seen it, we will break it down I think the NBA is trying to, I guess, become European soccer, which I don't think is going to sit well with the American sports fan. And seems to be panicking in case you haven't noticed the NBA ratings this year. And look, there's a million different factors that go into this cord cutting, highlights, whatever. The NBA in a year that more markets than ever should have been involved with, hey, we have a shot at going to an NBA finals. We have a shot at being a serious playoff team with the idea of monster three Big big three teams being dead and more duos all over. The NBA ratings have plummeted this year through the early part of the season. But And it seems like the NBA is real worried about regular season viewership and has a really radical idea that I think is ridiculous. So we will get to that in just a bit. But I mentioned your phone calls are still there all over the NFL, all over college football. And CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line, 855-212-4227, is brought to you by GEICO. Great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to GEICO. Go to GEICO.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. Al is in Texas. Al, you're on CBS Sports Radio. How you doing? I agree with your assessment on Dak Prescott and Tony Romo. There's nothing to compare. If you knew everything you knew now about the injury history with Tony, and the durability of Dak, Dak wins hands down with no yep. no sweat whatsoever. One and, last thing, and, and by and by the way, I even think ability. I know we're all harping on well, Romo could never stay healthy, and Dak's always healthy. I think just sheer ability wise, I think Dak Prescott brings more to the table than Tony Romo. I really do believe that. Oh, you had a question. I had one one uh, question we got to take off here. What do you think about the contract situation? I think if he doesn't get a contract done by the end of the season, he should do what Clowney did in Houston and just not sign a. Uh, franchise tag. Oh, for sure. For sure, Al. And look, Dak Prescott did the right thing this offseason. He could have done what Zeke did. Zeke made sure he didn't show up, got his way, got his contract. And Dak Prescott being the quarterback as opposed to the running back was the ultimate team leader in camp and could have very easily sat out. I mean, what if what happened to Teddy Bridgewater happened to Dak Prescott and he hadn't held out and then he wouldn't have ever got his money? The Cowboys, if they don't, if they play games with Dak Prescott now and try to play some kind of franchise tag game or anything. If I'm him, there's no way I show up. But I think ultimately Jerry Jones gets it. And Dak Prescott put his money where his mouth is. He said, all right, look, you're not going to give me anything. I'm not going to hold out. I'm going to go play my ass off. And he's done that. And he's put the Cowboys in prime position. And the Cowboys have a disappointing record for what their talent is. But could you imagine the record if this is another quarterback other than Dak Prescott? Dak Prescott has been the reason for the Cowboys' success, even more so than a defense 
frankly, that's been excellent. I know that obviously the defense is the reason they win that sink game. But Dak Prescott, man, that's the shining star, uh, no pun intended, of the Dallas Cowboys. Monty is in Dallas. Monty, you're on CBS Sports Radio. Yes, thank you so much for taking the call. Um, I, t- I, too, agree with your assessment on Dak. He is an incredible, valuable resource for uh, the Dallas Cowboys. The best thing, I've been a Dallas Cowboy fan ever since Roger Staubach. And uh, Dak is one of the best that's come along. Uh, and I, I am going to stand right now and say that I believe that tomorrow night is a huge statement game for the Dallas Cowboys. I think it's going to turn the season. I mean, we we should be sitting right now. We should be sitting like eight and two, or you know, we we should not be where we are right now. The record, we, it's just ridiculous. But with that being said, we made some mistakes, and I think we're turning the system around tomorrow. And then I have one other question. Okay. Do you know? You know, you have an update on Tom Brady. I mean, I said I saw something questionable. That, he's going to play. Yeah. He's going to play, but he was listed as questionable. Monty, and thanks for the call. Look, that is one of those situations where teams are not going to hide injuries. They're going to disclose everything now. And Tom Brady being listed as questionable. Look, we all know we're going to that he's going to play, but how many times? That's why that's a story. And if you missed that, and I didn't really even mention it because when it comes to the Patriots playing, it's whatever. But Tony Romo was listed on the injury report late with an elbow injury. And yeah, Tom Brady. Did I not say Tom Brady, McCain? Tony Romo. I said Tony Romo. See, I'm talking Tony, Tony Romo over Dak Prescott. Tom Brady was listed with an elbow injury. However, Tony Romo also questionable. It's right. Tony Romo's questionable for Saints-Panthers tomorrow with a collarbone. Tom Brady listed with that elbow injury, and they're not going to hide injuries. He clearly has something wrong, clearly something banged up, but he's, he's going to play the game. But that's another sign that Tom Brady is looking every bit his age now when you start seeing him creep up on injury reports. And that, give credit to Tom Brady for that being such a rare sighting. It's like seeing Bigfoot. But he'll play. I'm not exactly sure how much it'll hinder his game because he hasn't been great to begin with. The Patriot offense hasn't been great to begin with. But I don't think anybody sits down on Sunday, watches Cowboys pats, and goes, wow, you can really see Rome up. Uh, I'm going to say Romo again. Brady's elbow barking. Chris is in Michigan, wants to talk about Tom Brady. What's up, Chris? Well, are you laughing hey, like guys. Woody Woodpecker? What's up? <laughs> hey, how you doing? Hey, um, just want to say I would not sleep on Tom Brady. You think Tom Brady's washed up? He's come back many times, and this will be another time where they got they will beat Dallas tomorrow. All right. Well, I mean, well, number one, I'm not sleeping on Tom Brady. As a matter of fact, I'm the furthest thing from it. I'm up at three o'clock a.m. Eastern time. Uh, look, but. Yeah, we've we've all done this before over the last five years. Whenever Brady starts to look off, the reason I am taking this very seriously now, Curtis, and I'm sure you saw it. Yeah, how dejected did Brady sound after the game for Seagulls? They won the game. They won the game, and the guy sounded like they just lost the Super Bowl because that's how down he is on him and the offense. Yeah, but when will this guy the the lineman win will help out too? He'll, he'll be able to protect him a little better, right? Of course. Well, Marshall Newhouse stinks and has no business playing left tackle, especially for the Patriots. I agree. Uh, I agree. But that look, the, the truth is, I, and I'm not going to hide. You could tweet at me throughout the game later on at Moraz CBS, Chris. Yeah. The truth is, I think this is a combination of the Patriot offensive struggles are for real, and I think the Cowboys finally give you the big moment. And you haven't had the big moment for the Dallas Cowboys. Let's be honest. They've been few and far between the last 20 years. But this yeah. game with all eyes on them. Dak Prescott having such an underappreciated season as everybody glosses over Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. Here's Dak Prescott playing out of his mind. I think he rises to the occasion here, Chris. Hey, Raz, I got a question for you. Okay. I got a question for you. Do you believe that when when it's all said and done, when Dak Prescott 
gets through with his career. Do you think he'll be better than Tom Brady? Come on. That's a joke, right, Chris? No, no, it's not. It's a serious question. You think he'll be a better quarterback than Tom Brady? Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback of all time. No, Dak Prescott's not going to be the greatest quarterback of all time. Okay, I just wanted to ask. And I think you have a great show, by the way. Appreciate it, Chris. All right, so I don't know what to do with that there. I don't know what to do with that. Because on one hand, Chris is so nice. Which, isn't it cynical in this world when somebody's so nice you think they're up to something? Then he asked me, do you think that Tom, that in the end of their careers, Dak Prescott will have a better career than Tom Brady? Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback of all time. No, I don't think Dak Prescott will be better than Tom Brady. But that almost felt like one of those troll questions, right? He also opened the phone call with saying, don't sleep on Tom Brady. Right. I thought it was all over the place. So now I don't know if I was trolled. You are. Whether I had to have been, right? Because yeah. he was too nice. Damn it, he got me. JC is in Mobile, Alabama. JC, you're on CBS Sports Radio. Good morning, gentlemen. How are y'all doing? What's up, JC? Hey, just curious. You know, you'd mentioned Alabama going to the playoffs. Do you really feel that they're going to be able to beat Auburn this coming weekend due to the fact that two is out and they are playing at Auburn? I do really feel that way. Look, JC, Auburn now has had three cracks at beating legitimate teams, right? Would you agree with that? I would agree with that. Okay, and how have they fared in all three of those games? They fell short. They fell short. So, look, and I understand short. I understand how big a deal Tua is to Alabama. Now, let's also remember, though, that Alabama throughout enti- Nick Saban's entire tenure, how many big-time quarterbacks, like top five NFL pick quarterbacks has Nick Saban had? Oh, Lord. Uh, top five NFL I'll, quarterbacks. I'll say ah, probably this is the only one. This is the only one. And I, I know A.J. McCarron played really well. I know Greg McElroy played really well. These guys were not Tua. But Nick Saban. They were not top five no, no, exactly. Nick Saban has always had these teams loaded with NFL talent, really outside the quarterback position. He still has that same talent, maybe a little bit to a lesser degree, although that defense is still awesome with Tua. So that's my point. I think because Tua was so good, we're forgetting that Nick Saban has done this time in and time out without an elite quarterback. And if Auburn had fared better and beaten an LSU, beaten Georgia, just beaten one of them, and I know they beat Oregon earlier in the year, but now after Arizona State, that looks a little different. I think Auburn's still a year away from with Bo Nix here. I think next year you're talking about a different situation in the Iron Bowl. But yeah, I really do believe Alabama's going to take care of business here. And the track record with Nick Saban and Alabama is that they don't need the elite quarterback anyway. Yeah, you've got a very strong point. He's packed his whole team with good players. And, and, and now, granted, I'm a War Eagle fan. I'm an Auburn fan, but oh, I, just, I feel you. I, I, I'm hoping Auburn's going to pull it out, and we're going to just end them that talk about Alabama going to the uh, the championship. JC, look, they'll be partying in Auburn if they do. And thanks for the call. And I bet you there's a lot of America rooting for you. I, you just you sense this, right? People are tired of Alabama, tired of Nick Saban. And if I had my choice. Yeah, I would rather have a competitive two games in the college football playoff and not see Nick Saban in Alabama. The truth is, though, I am scarred from last year's college football playoff. I was so pumped up to watch those games. And then I sat there and I watched Oklahoma sort of make a game of the night game, and I watched Notre Dame get obliterated in the early game and realized, you know what, this stinks. Because if we're having a playoff and there's only two playoff games leading up to the championship, I want good games. I don't care... Look, I live in the Northeast. It's not, what am I going to pound the drum for Rutgers to get in the college football playoff? They don't even belong in the Big Ten. They probably don't even belong in Division One. The point is, from just strictly a football fan perspective, and I sound so lame, right? I sound like the dad wearing uh, white New Balance sneakers with high socks right now going, go get them. I want sportsmanship. I want two awesome games in the college football playoff. And for that reason, that's why I'm not anti-Alabama being in the spot. I don't believe Utah goes and gives Ohio State a game. I think that you're giving Utah, hey, we're finally tipping our hat to the Pac-12. 
good year, go lose by 30 to Ohio State, where I think Alabama, that's a touchdown game either way, even without Tua. So I, by fear, sheer virtue of that, give me Nick Saban and Bama one loss when they're at least comparable to if you want to put in Oklahoma, who I don't think would survive here this year because they play too many of these close games and what's been an eh, big 12. And I don't believe in Utah. I, I won't. I think Oregon would have been your case. Because they're name brand recognition, they have a quarterback that probably goes top five in the NFL draft as well now in Justin Herbert. That would have been your case. That's over now with the lost Arizona State. Keep your calls going on that, plus plenty on that NBA topic I got to, plus a little bit later on. I also want to get to the mind of what what went through a degenerate gambler's head as there was a sit-down protest at Yale and Harvard. And ha- You want to talk about bricks through a TV. How would you feel if you gambled on Yale and Har- Harvard which you should be doing anyway because you've got a real problem if you're betting on Ivy League football. But all of, all of a sudden, there's a climate change protest that may stop the game from continuing. You'd go nuts. I want to talk about that story as well a little bit later on. Plenty to get into here inside the Pork Store. It's the Sean Moran Show on CBS Sports Radio. Your call is at 855-212-4227. I'll keep reading your tweets at CBS. And again, as I mentioned, the NBA. Is Adam Silver out of his mind? We'll discuss that next. It's the Sean Moran Show on CBS Sports Radio. Listening to Sean Marash on CBS Sports Radio. Sunday, the NFL on CBS is highlighted by a full afternoon of games, including an NFC South clash between the Carolina Panthers and New Orleans Saints. And of course, the Raiders on the road versus the suddenly hot Jets. It all starts with JB and the guys on the NFL today at noon Eastern, 9 Pacific on CBS. Yes, we've been highlighting. What I think is the best NFL schedule of the season to date. Uh, and you can get involved, too, on the phones at 855 What game you're most looking forward to as well on this NFL Sunday as it approaches. But very rarely I do this in October, November, unless it's something big. I am not anti-NBA by any means. I am a Brooklyn Nets fan, was a New Jersey Nets fan. I do enjoy the NBA. Heck, I will be honest with you, this was the NBA season I've been most looking forward to in about the last 12 years. Because it, for the first time, it felt like, hey, we don't know who the NBA Finals could be. We don't know. We don't know. You may have an opinion, Clippers, Lakers, go down the line. But you really don't know. And they were, you could even make cases for fan bases in Denver and Utah to think they could get to an NBA Finals. For that reason, I thought this NBA season was going to be special. And I'm not writing off the NBA season at Thanksgiving I just think we have a long way to go with the NBA, and we'll get into it. We'll get juiced up for it. But if you've been following along, the NBA ratings have been awful. Awful. And I would think it should be the opposite, right? You would think more fan base is invested, therefore more interest in watching teams outside of your own market. Instead, this has now begun to look a little bit like baseball in the early part of this, where this has become a very regional sport. The NBA is struggling this year. Now, there are a ton of reasons for that. People really want to make the jump to cord cutting. And I know a lot of people are big on cord cutting. I am not a cord cutter. I I can't bring myself to do that. I'm an NFL Sunday ticket guy. I cannot cord cut. But people brought that up. And maybe to a certain extent, ratings are an antiquated way to judge who is watching games. And the young NBA audience, maybe they're not consuming it 
uh, live on TNT or ESPN like that. Maybe it is a cord-cutting situation that's not calculated on ratings. Maybe it's just, hey, I'll catch highlights on Twitter or see what I have to see on YouTube to catch up. Maybe it is the fact that you have all these big markets and a ton of people on the East Coast, northern part of the country. And frankly, when LeBron James and Kawhi Leonard are playing out in L.A. and these games are starting at 10.30 p.m. Eastern, I'm sorry, West Coast people who are listening out there, but we're just not staying up during the week to watch a game that ends one thirty-two in the morning when most of the East Coast has to wake up somewhere between 5 a.m. and 6.30 a.m., that's just not feasible. So there are a ton of reasons that the NBA ratings could be sagging. But nonetheless, I would th- figure more interest, more understanding that, hey, instead of just watching my team grow, well, I'm going to watch this game and that game on a TNT doubleheader because it might affect my team in the standings. Okay, that hasn't worked out. And again, it's still way early to be consumed with the NBA. But... Adam Silver has considered himself kind of a revolutionary commissioner. And I think to this point, any sports fan who has had their problems with commissioners, Roger Goodell, Gary Bettman, Rob Manfred, before that, Bud Selig, Paul Tagliabue in the NFL, everybody's got a problem with some with some commissioner on some level, even if you generally think the commissioner's done a good job. And to this point, I think everybody's had a really favorable experience with Adam Silver. Adam Silver's been ahead of the curve with gambling on the NBA, with live fantasy, with daily fantasy. Adam Silver is not antiquated by any means. But sometimes when you're not antiquated and you try to be ahead of the curve, you tend to fix things that aren't broke. And this was something that came up big time on Saturday about this radical proposal that could be coming to the NBA season in 2021-2022. And it was something that we overheard over the summer and laughed at I know we did it on the DA show Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. till noon Eastern here on CBS. We did it, and we kind of laughed at, wow, could you imagine if this ever happened? And now suddenly it feels kind of real. The NBA is going to be celebrating its 75th anniversary in 2021-2022. And with that, they want to mark 75 years by starting a new tradition in the NBA, changing things up a bit. Now I'm going to go through some of these proposals. All seem to be really wanting to push forward by Adam Silver. And I want to get your thoughts at 855-212-4227, whether you be for them, against them. I'm going to give my opinion here. Number one, I'm going to give you the one I like, okay? Much like we've enjoyed with a one-game playoff, with we, we love the college basketball March Madness, we love the NFL postseason, we love the college football playoff, and now we love the wild card games in Major League Baseball. So how do you get that feel to the NBA? Well, the NBA wants to take teams seated 7 through 10 in each conference, and do a 7-8 through eight one-game playoff in which the winner will get the seven seed, so you'll avoid the top dog in your conference. Then, 9 through nine and 10 will play. The winner of that will play that loser of the 7-8 game to get the 8 seed in the playoff. So if you're following along, 7-8 and eight play, you win that game, you are locked into your series, you avoid the 1 seed. The loser isn't necessarily guaranteed to play the top seed because they will now have to play the winner of that 9-10 game to get into the playoffs. So inevitably, you're getting three in each conference, one-game playoffs to settle the seedings. I will be honest. I like that because I think that keeps you invested late. It really makes you not want to do load management for players because it's not just about getting the playoffs one through eight, take your shot. You want to get a top six seed to avoid that. And if you're hovering around there, that gives you that thrill of one-game playoffs. So I will be... Pro Adam Silver on that. I think that could work. I think we as American sports fans love the idea of one-game playoffs. So I think instituting that while not affecting really the top teams in each conference. And oh, by the way, 
if you're a one seed or a two seed, that's another reason to keep playing and not resting your guys. You're going to get the benefit of playing teams that just had to go all out in two one-game playoffs before even getting to you in a series. So I am pro that. What I'm anti and what I don't quite understand, and which what really scares me, and I know that the soccer fan is going to crush me for this, but they want to, in the middle of the season, play a tournament featuring all 30 teams. Now, some of the early preliminary tournament games will count on your NBA regular season record. So, in other words, they will schedule this tournament, but in, built into the tournament will be sort of like a pool play, if you will, to set up a eight. the best eight teams to come out of this will now go play playoff style in a midseason tournament. But the group play, if you will, will count on your regular season record. So they're regular season games, but they count as a tournament. And then you get into an eight-game playoff. Now, what I've done enough research here is you would think, okay, if you win the tournament, now to me it would make the most sense. You win the tournament, much like it's independent league baseball or something, you should get an automatic bid to the NBA postseason. Now that would make teams, in my opinion, really push to want to win this thing. But instead, it's all about significant financial implications. In other words, you get jacked up. You don't go load management. You play in these in this tournament midseason. You're going to be taken care of financially more so than you did so in the regular season. And for that, I ask for guys who you're going to need to win this tournament, which would be your star players making all the guaranteed money they're making. How much money can you really influence them to go all out and play this tournament midway through the year? Now, the other question with this tournament that makes no sense to me is the timing of when it would be played. You play it mid-season All-Star break, which usually, well, that's usually after mid-season. happens right after the Super Bowl. Okay, maybe that's a good welcoming, hey, football's over party. But they're talking about, hey, do we do it in January? Well, you can't do it in January because it's in the midst of the NFL postseason. And who the heck's going to get invested in an NBA regular season tournament then? Do you do it around now? Do you do it around Thanksgiving? How could you play a tournament around Thanksgiving for the NBA and think you're going to get invested? I just said the NFL owns this time. How silly were those people a couple of years ago when the NFL ratings were sagging, but for them they were sagging they were still tripling or quadrupling the NBA ratings, saying that the NBA was going to take over. And here we are. Now the NBA is so desperate. Is going to try a regular season tournament around this time of year to try to win over NBA fans and help TV ratings? Are you crazy? This sounds, I am sorry. In the realm of proposals in our four major sports in North America, the idea of playing a regular season tournament as if you're pausing a soccer season, which is very big in soccer to go play whatever cup or gold cup and this cup and that cup and jockstrap cup, whatever cups you want to play for that they play for in soccer, and then we'll resume the regular season later on. This is what that feels like, although you're including the beginning of the tournament as regular season games. This proposal by Adam Silver is the single most asinine idea in the history of the four major sports. I don't think that's hyperbole. An in-season regular season tournament? Get the bleep out of here. There's Don't fix what's not broke. Let this NBA season and all the markets that are more involved than ever because you finally have some freaking parity. Let them just get comfortable with the way this season unfolds. Let this playoff be the most fun playoff you've had in years. And let's stop thinking about instituting a stupid in-season tournament that, what, the payoff is pride and playing the, paying the players more? 
yes, Adam Silver, I'm pro your one-game playoff idea to figure out the seven and eight seeds in the playoffs. I think that's a great idea. I think that would add some intrigue. We've had way too many times where we know the seven and eight seeds really don't matter. Now it would make us care a little bit. I am in. But the idea of a regular season tournament is so beyond dumb that honestly... If this got to the table, it would feel like that episode of Seinfeld where they, where the mayor came up with the idea of wearing name tags for everybody in the city. That's how stupid it is. What do you think of this NBA regular season tournament idea or the one-game playoff kind of format for the 7 and 8 seeds? Would you be in favor of this, or is Adam Silver on the verge of losing us all as NBA fans? 855-212-4227. That number again is 855-212-4CBS. And tweets... At Mraz CBS, M R A Z CBS. I see your tweets coming in on the NBA. You're still tweeting about the college football playoff and the NFL. I promise I'm going to get to some of those tweets as well. We will, of course, go around the day in college football with your campus crush as well. You're listening to Sean Marash on CBS Sports Radio. It is the Sean Mraz Show on CBS Sports Radio. You guys are awesome on the Twitter. At Mraz, CBS, M-R-A-Z, CBS. Pat tweets in, would love to see NBA go to format of 1 through 16 in the playoffs to get playoff, play, uh, better playoff matchups instead of 1 through 8 in West and East. I would be in favor of that too as well, Matt, if we just went straight 1 through 16 style. Although, I would have preferred that a couple years ago where it, it seemed like one conference was more heavy than the other. I don't know that that's necessarily the case, even as good as the Clippers and Lakers are. You tell me the Bucks can't beat them, the Sixers can't beat them. Of course they could. The bit there, though, would be if you got, let's just say you went 1 through 16 and the Clippers were the one seed and they were playing, let's pick a bad team in the East that ends up being the eight. Ah, I don't know. Let's go. Let's, let's, the Pistons are a good one. Good job, McKean. The Pistons are a good one. Blake Griffin, an old fragile Derrick Rose, obviously Andre Drummond. Okay, let's say they roll to play the Clippers in the first round. The one thing you don't want to do, because this isn't the NFL where you're playing these games on the weekend all the time, is you can't be having, and this is kind of the problem with the NBA ratings, a Piston fan wait till 10.30 at night to be able to watch their team after they've invested all regular season play a first-round playoff game because the game's on the West Coast. So with doing that, the 1 through 16 and instead of just the 1 through 8, you're going to have to be fair, and West Coast fans are going to have to concede a little bit and be willing to watch their team play like it's Major League Baseball at 5.30 p.m. local time and maybe start a game at 8.30 Eastern. That's the only way to make it work. You can't ask fans of local East Coast markets to stay up and watch the team play at 10.30 at night. It is uh, it is nuts. Eric tweets in, relax, the NBA idea will never pass. It's just a proposal. It is just a proposal, but look, this had real steam today that they think the NFLPA is going to be able to agree to some of this. Uh, again, I would hope, I would hope not, but yikes. Mark tweets in, when KD is back, the Brooklyn Nets are winning the title. Hashtag we go hard. I hope so, baby. I've been waiting a long time as a Net fan. I hope so. And it would be real interesting to see how KD does coming back. By the way, Kyrie out the next three games. He's been real beat up. And the Nets have struggled without D'Angelo Russell. Not Kyrie Irving's fault because when he's been on the floor, he's been insanely awesome. The problem is he's been banged up big time. We're going to get to your campus crush in just a second. But T-Will is in Atlanta. T-Will, you're on CBS Sports Radio. Hey, you got a great show, my friend. Can I, you hear me okay? I, I got you on speaker. I can, I can hear you, T-Will. I appreciate the kind words. What's up, man? Okay, so I used to work with the league. I used to work with Turner Sports, and I was part of the crew that helped make Charles Barkley a star. And <laughs> So you're the um, one. So I have, I'm coming with a certain perspective that 
might not be what people are thinking. So when David Stern instituted the dress policy for the NBA, I challenged it. I challenged it a little bit. I questioned it. But, you know, of course, now you see it's all it's 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 the rage now. People want to see what people are wearing now. Right. But, it's all about the fashion. Okay, so, and what it is is that it's it's incremental. Uh, it's almost it's almost like brinksmanship. Let's see how far we can go before you know we we either change our philosophy or change our policy. So when it comes to the idea that Adam Silver has with these tournaments that are they don't really necessarily quote unquote mean anything, but they do because what it'll what's going to happen? Soccer right now is the pinnacle sport as far as money goes. It's the sport that has the biggest fan base around the world. Yeah, so okay. Eric, oh, 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 Eric T. Well, I'm going to let you continue. Let me just break this up for a second because I have been hearing this soccer thing for a long time. Yes, it is big all over Europe. I understand. I am not trying to clout or hide the fact of how popular soccer is worldwide. The difference is, though, we are a different breed of sports fan. We are born differently. We have been raised differently. We have been trained differently. And I know your point is you have to kind of switch it up at some point, but there are certain things we just can't get past. Soccer might be the pinnacle in Europe. Soccer will never be the pinnacle in the United States. We have been saying okay. this the moment since Brandy Chastain ripped off her shirt after a penalty kick that soccer was going to take over. And here we are, and soccer is still at the same level it was then. Well, check it out. I'm from Atlanta, right? Okay. Okay, so maybe my, maybe my perspective is skewed because the United won a championship in their second year. Right, and that and stadium Arthur rocks Blank, for soccer. Arthur Blank, Absolutely. Arthur Blank, I'm not a soccer fan, but I understand, you know, fan – fan fervor, right? So if you look at all of sports, what are sports really? Sports are a young man's game, right? It's a young man's game. And right now you have the one and done in basketball, you have the one and done in football. And look at the look at how NFL offenses have changed to the RPO now. Everything so everything adolescence is bleeding up into adulthood, right? So think of, think about that. Put that in perspective when it comes to these tournaments. Look at the college basketball tournaments. Look at the Maui, the, 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 the Greensboro, all those tournaments that necessarily, quote-unquote, don't mean anything, but those boys come in sharp. A lot yeah. of NBA players have an offseason, and they come in fat. Like, the, the whole tournament idea is great because it'll get players in shape, one. But T-Will, 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 time out. Players in shape—they're going to play these tournaments mid-season. They're doing all these world tournaments in the summer. They should they be in shape training for all of them? And also, you keep saying it's a young man's game. You're right. Yes, absolutely. From an athletic perspective, it's a young man's game. But where you're real, failing to realize is from a money coming into the sport, it's an old man's game because ain't nobody coming out of college being able to afford these high-priced season tickets at the Chase Center in, in Golden State. Ain't nobody affording those tickets to go watch the Bulls play bad basketball at the United Center in Chicago. You know who's affording those, affording those tickets? Guys who turn 50 years old and for the first time in their life are finally able to afford some really uh, nice things in the world. And that's just the way the economy's worked in the country. So if you really yeah, want to talk about a young man's game, it's actually an old man's game when it comes to fans investing. No, 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 my brother. No, no, no. Don't, no, 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 me. No, 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 you. (laughs) The reason why, don't cut me off yet, but the reason why is because everything is evolving. Like, the fan bases are getting younger, dog. They're not getting older. They're getting younger. You know why they're getting younger? Because the people they went to college with are superstars now. Yes, you're right, but those those fans... But those fans can't afford season tickets and are driving the revenue of dropped 
Arthur Drop prices. Blake changed. Arthur Blake is changing the game. He he made the concessions a cheap rate at the at the Mercedes Benz. He will. I went to Mercedes Benz. I agree. I agree. It's great, but we're a long way you from that. Still see. Are you gonna? All right, T. Will. I gotta let you go. I gotta let you go. Look, T. Will's making a lot of jumps there. First of all, bringing up soccer is the pinnacle of sports. Sorry, soccer fans. I know plenty of you get up to watch English Premier League soccer that are probably listening to me right now. And I know plenty of you probably love the MLS. Heck, we're on in Seattle. You're probably big Seattle Sounders fans. Didn't they win the title over the Portland Timberwolves or whoever the heck they are, the Portland Timbers? Yes, that's a big rivalry. There are markets, and I went to Atlanta. They love soccer down there. Love it. Love it. I'm not telling you not to love soccer. What I am saying is trying to say, trying to piggyback off what soccer has done well globally and make the NBA that is ridiculous. And the idea it's a young man's game. McKeon is one of the youngest people I know working in sports radio. McKeon, what are you, 22? How old are you? You're 22 years old, okay? I know you're a big-time hockey fan. I get that. But you're a young man. I can't believe I'm saying that. I can't believe I, I used to be the young man. Now I'm no longer the young man. Do you look at a tournament in season like that as a young guy, like this guy T. Will is talking about, and think, hey, I'm all about this. This is what I need. And what's so funny is I love March Madness. I think it's the most entertaining stuff we have, and I think the NBA, it's pointless. This is so dumb. But again, March Madness is you're playing for the title at that point. You're playing for the title at that point. They're not They're not stopping the college basketball season in December after it started in November to say, hey, let's just get another quick tournament in here. One and done is so fun in basketball because there's always the chance right. of the upset. No, but, we're ready for the NBA playoffs come. Je- who need? I am. Are you watching in around Thanksgiving? And go, hey, oh, we're doing this tournament now. I got to see who wins this tournament. Yeah, I don't what care about crazy? Clippers, Hawks in November. Doesn't doesn't strike. Are me. you nuts? No way. And you got to put something more on the line there. At that point, I would say, hey, if you win this tournament, you go hard, no low management, you get an automatic bid to the playoffs. Now, automatically, whoever wins probably was going to make the playoffs anyway, and that's probably what they, why they wouldn't do that. But it's crazy. It's crazy. By the way. I teased your campus crush. I don't want to rush it. So let's do that at the top of the hour. Okay? Can we do a call a little audible? Is that okay with Ben Horowitz back there? Yeah, no rushing the crush. All right. So as long as we're going to do campus crush then, let me just discuss something right now. I finally did the Popeye's chicken sandwich. I did the chicken sandwich. I had the chicken sandwich. I had both. Went to my local Popeye's, and I know I'm six months too late, and people are murdering each other over this sandwich. And I said, you know how certain things in life are very overrated? Right? Like, people who obsess over Disney vacations all the time. A little overrated. The Islanders' win streak. Overrated. All right? People complaining about load management. Overrated. Sweet potatoes on Thanksgiving. Overrated. To me, the one thing that people seem to rave about in my life before the Popeye's chicken sandwich that I thought was not overrated that you expect to. You know when people just talk about something, talk about something, talk about something, you're inevitably let down even if that something is awesome. That's what overrated is. And Las Vegas for me, when I went to Las Vegas, I walked away going, wow, you know what? Las Vegas is not overrated. Las Vegas is properly rated, which is very hard to do when you hear people, if you've never been to Las Vegas, talk about it. For the first time since Las Vegas, I have found something that lived up to hype that I said, wow, this is not overrated. And it is the Popeye's chicken sandwich. I am a huge Chick-fil-A fan. Huge. Can't get enough. Love that sauce, that Chick-fil-A sauce. Love that Polynesian sauce. The Chick-fil-A restaurant, I don't want to, you know, go sponsor for sponsor here, depending on what market you're on, to me is tops of fast food. So I'm not going to put the whole Popeye's menu up against it. You know, those waffle fries at Chick-fil-A give you a run for the money. 
But original chicken sandwich for original chicken sandwich, Popeye's wins. I can't believe I'm saying that. We have wow. a real rivalry here. And again, I'm not telling you to stray from Chick-fil-A because I will go there till the end of time. But I'm talking about if you just want the original chicken sandwich, Popeye's gives you a thicker, juicier cut of breast. Something about the way they fry it keeps those juices going, all right? And I will they ha- have a chicken right. breast of oh. the chicken. And whatever mayo sauce they use on the original was so perfectly spread out. And a lot of times with this food, is it's presentation. They did a great job with it. Now, I also had the spicy. So if you're wondering how many calories I consumed on Friday night, the, the answer would be a lot. 4,000. The answer would be a lot, okay? I had to, but if I'm going all in, I'm going to try everything, right? My wife was out. or She was planning on being out. I said, I looked at the dog. I said, all right, you're going to eat dog food. I'm going to go to Popeye's here. I got a big night ahead. What did one of these sandwiches run you? Uh, it, I'll, give, I'll give you the update in a second on the price. Let me just get in the spicy. Spicy, I found. I know a lot of people pro-spicy in the country. I did not think was as good as the original. It kind of was hit or miss on spots with spiciness. The sauce wasn't ah, what I was looking for. I thought the mayo on the original was better. There's like a spicier sauce. So I would I would not rate that higher than Chick-fil-A, but I thought the original Popeye's chicken sandwich was better. Pricing, I did two of these sandwiches. I also got a three-piece tender. I got a side of mac and cheese, a side of mashed potatoes, and two biscuits. Now, I also knew my wife was going to be home at some point, so I figure if I'm going to do this chicken sandwich sampling stuff and she's going to go, oh, give me anything, my wife's pregnant, okay? You know, nothing in the fridge. I just threw together a bunch of stuff. And also, I wanted to get a little mashed potatoes to break up the taste between sandwiches, so I gave it a proper grading system. But, yeah, I uh, I believe the Popeye's chicken sandwich is not overrated, Ben Horowitz. Not overrated in the least. In fact, I would rate that as one of the greatest chicken sandwiches I've ever had. The reason I haven't had it is because I've been afraid that it's not going to live up to the hype. Yeah, I was afraid of the same thing, and I was prepared. I was prepared to give a negative review, and I bit into that, and I did it on my Instagram story at Mirage CBS, and uh, I salivated. And That's frankly, so dancing. Uh, I'll be back for more this week. I will be. I'm back in. All right, camp is crushed. We got away with it this NBA topic. We are back talking that, going over the best of this college football weekend. It's Sean Mirage Show on CBS Sports Radio. 